Yeah, yeah, we're recording. We've been recording here for the last awesome. twenty. Sounds minutes. good. I'm yeah. doing good. How yeah. are you doing? Good. Good. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Monday matters. Monday woo, matters. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> 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 woo, woo. Hey, so how was Sunday for you guys? It was a good Sunday. Father's Day. It was Father's Day. We had some nice warm churros. Warm warmed them up in the oven. Tasted really, really good. Yeah. So thanks to uh Del Rich, Taco Del Taco and uh, Richard. Richard, yeah, yeah, for donating those tacos. Yeah. Uh not those tacos, those churros. Sure. So it was funny. So several people um that were there Sunday had never had a churro before, so they were looking at me skeptically, like they didn't trust me because they're used we're used to the popular donuts, right? To the popular donuts. So they're like, What in the world are these? I thought they were hot dogs or something because they're ro- they were rolled up sort of like hot dogs. Yeah. I'm like, you gotta just trust me. Just try one. And so we had a, a few uh new uh Lovers of churros. Yeah. Like, You're right. This is really good. Churros for the first time. Yeah, Loved so, it. So um, one of the things, it's it's kind of a tradition for us, is on Father's Day we give out churros, which is, I've never heard of a church doing that before, but it's been fun. Hey, that's what we do. Yeah, that's what we do. That's yeah. who we are. Yeah. What did you talk about? Um, did you tie, here's a question. Did you tie what you talked about into Father's Day at all or no? Yeah, I did. Well, kind of. In, in that... Um, I gave some father kind of illustrations that kind of related back to it. So, um, but was it a Father's Day sermon per se? Not really. It was really focused on on blessing, as we've been talking about. So I didn't take it out of the series. Yeah. So, how about you? Um, no, I always have a really I have difficulty going with holidays, and I'm not a big holiday person. Well, Father's big, Day. So I'm like really thankful for my father, but even like Christmas, like Easter, Fourth yeah. of July, like. I just don't really care about much. My birthday, it is what it is. You know, it's yeah. just another, I, yeah. I don't know. So anyways, I'm like, let's just well, keep going and let's just keep Father's Day is what we're talking kind about. of a trap. How is it a trap? I mean, it's a trap in that, um, you know, not, a, not a, so you're going to have fathers in the room, but you're going to have a lot of pain and a lot of yeah. uh, mm. grief or a lot of hurt, you know, daddy issues, all that stuff. And, mm. and so you got to navigate that and yet still help dads feel good about their lives yeah and that's that's a that's a lot of holidays i know you know father's day mother's day easter christmas every holiday easter's like we can at least keep it on but if you lost (laughs) someone close to you last year and you know this is the first easter without him it can still Mm -hmm. be hard so totally totally get that too what did you talk about this week trying to remember you know um actually today uh is um it's not today actually today's the 20th isn't it Today is the 20th. Yep. Yeah. So yesterday was Sunday uh, was Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. And so I actually did tie Juneteenth into the message. Nice. Um, and Juneteenth is the day that um, you celebrate. It's like a, a, the official holiday, I think, doesn't start until next year. Um, but it's, it's a national holiday. And it's uh, kind of like the Black Independence Day. Awesome. So, yeah. Yeah, so I talked a little bit about that, uh, and it, and it kind of tied into our text uh, in Jeremiah seventeen. So how did that's super cool? How did you tie that in uh, yeah, so, to your text? Because that's something we're celebrating. So uh, sin run rampant runs rampant in the land. You know mm-hmm. that's kind of a theme, and and uh, how sometimes we tolerate sin, um, and, and we don't see it as sin, or you know, mm-hmm. and it's everywhere, but we have just. You know, as I thought about, you know, like slavery in the United States, uh, we knew it was wrong. Um, Everybody, you know, at our very core, we know that slavery is wrong. You think of, you know, the preamble in the Declaration of Independence and, you know, 
We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so here's here's our fi- founding document, and yet we uh, allowed for hmm. this institution that was, you know, just totally uh, corrupt and sinful. And uh, and you know how do how do you ignore something like that? And hmm. anyway, so I just kind of tied it in. It, it just it just. You know, and we're still paying the price for slavery today. You know, for that for that sin, all these generations later, we're still struggling because of that. Yeah, and there's still echoes of that sin that it doesn't just you know go away like that. Like there's still biases and discrimination, and it it echoes and it echoes for a long, long time. Sure, sin doesn't just go away. You know, it's and this is sort of talked a little bit about this week that. There's sins, which is really easy to talk about sins, like bad things we do, but then there's a capital S sin, which is a sickness, a disease, where we're pointed in the wrong direction, and that never goes away because our hearts, you know, like our verse says this week, you know, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And so, um, you know, we have these things like Juneteenth where we celebrate, um, you know, black independence, but at the same time, there's still you know, discrimination, there's still racism, there's still a lot of these things where there's still capital S sin that's going on, you know, and so we might be making progress, Mm. but there's still a capital S bent away from God, Mm. um, which is something that humbles, humbles us. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's an interesting way to say it. Capital S sin. Uh, and, and you define that as our heart is pointed away from God. Yeah. So the more and more, um, uh, it's been sort of within this last year or two, all the sermons, you know how th- they're sort of tying together for me, like what we're talking about, what I'm learning, because writing a sermon is the most educational process for me is yeah. digging into the Bible, seeing things for the first time in commentaries that it all, it's all about where we're pointed, where we're directed, yeah. right? So the number one thing that Jesus says, John the Baptist says, Paul says is repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. You see that time and time again, repent, repent mm-hmm. for the kingdom of God is at hand. And this repentance is a turning, you know, it's a turning. We talked about that, I think, on Monday Matters, you know, a few, a few weeks ago. But our natural bent is to not be pointed towards God or to look upon God and have him, like we talked about last week, have him look upon us, yeah. bless us. It's to look in the mirror where we're looking at ourselves, look at other people, which is what I talked about this week. You know, whoever trusts in man and makes them their strength, they, their hearts will turn away from God because we're focused on other people yeah. or things, you know, cause there, some of us might not have friends in our life that we trust on or family, but we might trust alcohol. We might trust our cell phones. Um, and we've talked about this, you know, on our retreat or learned about the screen disciples, our cell phones are turning us into disciples of technology. Sure. Um, but yeah, so pretty much that the world is pulling us in different directions and that's capital S sin in the sense that, yeah, I might not be going and punching someone in the face, but by my very nature of not being pointed towards God in every moment of every day, that's sinful. That's like DNA woven into me that's sin. So I don't know if that sort of gives a background of what I mean by capital S sin. No, I think it does. Um, And the power of that is broken through Jesus's death and resurrection, but it's still, you know, it's still in us. It's in our blood, that sinful DNA. um, And it still plays itself out. It does. Yeah. Yeah. In the world, as sad as, as it is, you know, yeah, Yeah. it's hard. Wow. So, yeah. So in, in our text, um, God sends Jeremiah the prophet to Judah 
to warn them or not warn them, even tell them here's what's going to happen. Um, and, and then there's like two categories you can be in. There's the, you can choose this way or that way, or, or basically you can be like, a a bush that's in the desert, that's in the dry, hot desert. And, or you can be like a tree planted by the river. Did you, did you touch on that? Oh yeah. So that's actually what we focused on entirely is I sort of cut, we used, and you and I talked about this before we started recording. Um, I cut the verse just because I started reading about the shrub and the, and then the tree. Yeah. I was like, there's too much here. Yeah. You know, I can't move on. So we actually focused entirely just on that, Yeah. on that portion. It's good. And it's, 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 it's funny that whenever we're compared to something in the Bible, it's something completely lame and <laughs> stupid. <laughs> like we're either sheep, which sheep are super dumb. Like right. we were, Megan and I were walking our dogs the other day. Um, and there's sheep that are like grazing. They're using it to control the weeds, right? You just like clap your hands or anything. The sheep looks completely dumb and then starts running away. And the other sheep just like get startled and start running away too, even though yeah. they didn't hear the clap. You know, sheep are just the stupidest animals. Right. And we're compared to sheep all the time. Or a shrub. Who wants to be a shrub? Right. Like that's the <laughs> lamest, lamest thing to be compared to. Uh, anyways, I just thought that that was funny as, hey, that we're compared funny. to a shrub right here. Makes so, sense. So I talked a little bit, and I, I really, that's really where I honed in on was my message too. Um, and I invited people to our, my backyard um, because last year was our drought. You know, I mean, we, oh, yeah. we had no rain, and, mm -hmm. and uh, we had uh, three arborvita die What's last that? year. Arborvita, it's like a big bush, a big shrub. Okay. And it's kind of used to block, you know, like privacy. So your privacy. can't see in yeah. and stuff. Yeah, okay. so it's like a privacy bush yeah. kind of thing, but, but it's like a tree. And, uh, Anyway, three of them died last year from just the heat and mm -hmm. lack of water. Our, our entire grass totally died, and we had to reseed it this year and everything. And, but we had two arborvitae right down, because the stream's in our backyard, and we had two of those arborvitae right in our backyard that just thrived. Mm -hmm. They didn't even know that there was a drought. You know, because they, they were playing next to they the were playing stream. right next to the stream so oh that's like, awesome yeah, that's was, the perfect sermon illustration <laughs> right here you were like oh that's a home run waiting yeah. to happen right there so that one it tied in really good and uh and then we have uh three pear trees which okay. sit right by the stream and they were probably fine too. they were great wow. i mean we had never seen as many pears in our lives we even had a black bear in our backyard eating pears you know so it's like holy cow you had a black bear where you're yeah. at are well, you serious I, we did and i think it's because um it was dry last year and, and there probably wasn't as much fruit or that kind of thing. And they must have smelled those Moving around pears and came wow. in. Yeah. That's funny. I wish I had. So my illustration wasn't as good because there wasn't a fruitful watering element. I was just telling about how uh, my uh, yard, you know, I'm new to adulting and adulting is hard. <laughs> I don't, you know, how do I take care of a yard? So I weed and seeded it. Yeah. Um, crabgrass grew. This year you did or last, last year? Last oh, year. Yeah. The crabgrass grew. I weed and seeded again because I'm like, hey, you know, it should kill it. This should kill the weeds, but it made the weeds grow worse. And it got to the point where, you know, when we moved in, only a small patch of our yard was crabgrass. And I kid you not, like by the end of the summer, the entire thing was crabgrass. And it got to the point where I just cut the water supply off. I'm like, we're going to have a dead yeah. lawn. And that's the only thing that would kill the crabgrass is completely not watering anything. Yeah. That was the only way to stop it was cutting off the water supply. Did it kill it? Um, sort of, but I'm, it's back. Yeah. <laughs> Crabgrass <laughs> is incredible. I've just resigned myself to the yeah. fact that, you know, I don't know how to do this. So yeah. it is what it is. <laughs> right. That's funny. Well, yeah. So, um, luckily, unlike a bush or a tree, um, we have the ability to, to pick ourselves up and go to a source of water. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, and so we, I talked about that, how, you know, as we as we park ourselves close to God, we find ourselves blessed. And, and that blessing isn't financial blessing or, mm-hmm. or physical blessing, but it's just that we are near the presence of God and our lives can um, bear fruit, even though everybody around us um, might be in, in, in a sense in a drought. Yeah, we can park ourselves close to God, and uh, anyway, so yeah, that that was it, yeah, it was kind of a good illustration. It, it, it was at cool. least our backyard. Yeah, was good for something. <laughs> it's <laughs> perfect. There we go. Hey, this is this is you know the sermon where the backyard shines. It was cool. Our um, worship pastor Levi sent uh, me in an email a really cool info info blurb about this that the tree that it's talking about here yeah. was apparently the acacia tree yeah. so that was the tree that was most well known in palestine um and how it would it would go like a year or two years without water and it could survive but then the second that water showed up you know it'd spring back to life again so it was dormant but it was still alive yeah. you know very much alive whereas most plants you know you go a year or two without water you're completely killed um but this tree survived you know, it could survive for a very long time. And like our passage says, it does not fear when the heat comes and it's not anxious in the year of drought. I think that that's encouraging for us because there's times where I don't feel God, Mm. where I don't feel close to God, where it doesn't feel like I felt his presence or his guidance in a long time. Yeah. Uh, But that that's normal where, you know, a tree, it's not supposed to be anxious in the year of drought. It's okay. There will be drought. You know, you will feel lonely. Um, you're not going to fear when the heat comes, which means you're going to be tested. There's going to yeah. be a lot going on. Um, but that that's okay, that that's expected, that that's normal to have that drought, even if you're planted by the water, that that's okay. So yeah. I thought that that was a cool part of our verse right there. That is really great um, that some trees are like drought proof. I mean, yeah. it's like uh, years can go by and it and it looks totally dead, but then the rain comes and, it, and it's alive. Have you ever been to a desert in... Um, after after rain goes through a desert i have not no so it's an amazing thing in that um you know you you look at a desert and there's nothing there but then after the spring rains come or after a certain rainy season eventually comes and you look out and it's just flowers everywhere and it's just like they come up and it's like where did those flowers come from and they're in the sand they're in the you know it's like death 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 suddenly wow it's alive Mm. It's, it's pretty incredible I don't know why I got off on that tangent. No, sorry, that's sorry beautiful. That Where did you, were you like motorcycle, motorcycle trips in the desert? After yeah, the rain I mean, or? sure. Like Southern, uh, Oregon mm-hmm. it's it's, uh, it's an incredible experience. Yeah. Seeing all those flowers come up. That's I guess when you're old like me, you know, you start, you can look back on all your stories and you're like, there oh, you yeah, go. I got a story for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I make one up, you know? Yeah. So what would you say your main point from this week was? Yeah, your I mean, main takeaway you wanted. My main takeaway is, you know, well, before we get there, uh, I also tripped across um, a statistic this week that said that uh, in America we have reached uh, statistically the lowest point we have ever had in terms of people who believe in God, not people who go to church, not people who um, are Christian or anything like that, but just people who believe in God hit eighty-one percent which is the lowest ever recorded. Um, and for the last, the, the last recording was in, in uh, 2017, and it was 87%. So in the last five years, we've lost 5% of people who just no longer believe in God. 
and that was an all-time low, even 87%. So, um, you know, that, that our culture is shifting, and, and we are becoming a culture that is um, definitely more influenced um, by people who aren't of faith, but, but also, you know, we're, there's less faith in our land than, than there was before. Um, but one of the, but I think basically my main gist of, of where I was going with the message was, uh, you know, in a sense, there can be a spiritual drought all around us. Um, our task is to draw close to God, whether it's, whether it's um, a drought or whether things are thriving. Grow close to God and, and your life will flourish and, and the God's blessing will be on you and you will produce fruit even if everyone turns away. Yeah. Um, to, to trust him even if you haven't seen seen him, heard from him, and it seems like yeah. everyone else has just left, but to continue on with that trust. Yeah, you, you know, when you think about, um, okay, so the acacia tree is a great example, but when you think about a tree that's planted by the water, it doesn't know there's a drought. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's totally unaware. Yeah. Those two arborvita had no idea that 50 feet away there's three arborvita that were dying of, yeah. of mm. complete lack of water. Um, sometimes I think, you know, we, we don't sense God, but that doesn't mean that his favor and his blessing isn't all over us. Mm. Um, yeah, just because we don't, we're not cognizant of, of that doesn't mean that it's not there. Yeah. And I would say 81% is too big too. Cause what I like about this passage, and I've talked about this before about how the issues I have with in our New Testament where it says belief and how I don't think that that's a proper translation. Here it says trust, not just believes in God. Because I'm sure that there's yeah. many, many people who believed in God yeah. in the Old Testament, just like they do today, yeah. who believe in God, but do they trust God? You know, do you, who, so the cursed is who trusts man, blessed is the one who trusts God. Yeah. And so trust, we talked about, well, what does it mean to trust? Um, it's the person, the thing, the place that you go to when life just sucks. You know, when you need someone that you can be yourself around. I told the story of getting stung by a bee or a wasp um, when I was a little kid when I was six or seven. And my mom, how she tells the story is she hears the most blood curdling scream. She runs out of the house and she sees my brother and I because we just walked through a wasp nest tearing across the yard, sprinting to her. That's what trust is. You get hurt, you get stung by a bee. Where do you go? Yeah. You know, do you yeah. go to yourself? Do you go to your addiction? You know, whether it's video games, gambling, pornography, drinking, whatever. Do you go to your friends and yeah. family, which, oh, that's great. Go to your friends and family. Or do you go to God? So it's like we have all of these things that we go to. Do you go to Google or do you go to God? And so who do you trust? Because I would say there's so many people that believe in God, um, but the number that trusts God is so much smaller. And I know that because there's times where I don't trust God, yeah. where I cope with the stuff going on in my life, not by turning to God, but by turning to all of these other things. Um, and it's not like those are bad immediately, but we follow the process that we trust in the person or thing, and then we make it our strength. And so we rely on it more and more. Yeah. And then eventually it slowly turns us away from God towards that person and making them an idol. Um, it's a slow process, a deceptive process, but, wow. but yeah, that's, so yeah, to me, 81%, yeah, it might be 81% that believe in God, but those of us who trust God, you know, are going down too. You know, it's hard. It's hard to trust God. So uh, here's a question. Do you really believe in God if you don't trust God? 
Because I it, think if, so, yeah. I mean, can, can you can we say I believe in God, but I really trust in my own I think, finances, or I trust in my own uh, I think preparation? So, I think so because I see it in so many people that I know, my age and younger, who God is sort of like an estranged father. Like, oh, yeah, wow, I wow. think God exists. Like, yeah, God probably exists. I just don't care about him at all. Yeah. So it's the estranged father you never talk to. Um, you might, when life, you know, you might say hi on Easter, you know, or Father's Day <laughs> yeah. or Christmas, but you don't talk to them. You know, you don't care about them. You're, you don't care what they think. You're not trying to live your life modeled after them. Um, so I, I would say, yeah, there's tons that believe in God, but they don't trust him because right. they don't, they don't fully know his character, you know, cause I'm of that conviction that the more we get to know God, the more he pulls us to himself. But yeah, so many people I know that do believe in God, but they don't care about him yeah. or trust him. So you can actually, um, as our, as our text said, the human heart is deceitful of all. Um, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? Yeah. But I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to what their actions deserve. Um, so I can think that I know God, mm. um, that, that I'm in walking in his will, I'm following him. But in reality, I'm, I can end up being a bush that's dried up in a desert and, and not even realize that, that I'm far from. And related to like what you were talking about, um, with Juneteenth, the Bible was used as a tool of oppression. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. it was used as a tool of slavery where you think you're close to God, I bet most of them probably knew what they were doing, but I bet anything there were a few people who thought, but they were twisted in their heart, you know, where no, their heart was deceiving them 100%. They were oppressive and terrible people on the inside, even though maybe consciously they didn't know that. And I know that because today we know people who are religious, you know, who go to church, who deep down were like, wow, that person is just not a nice person. (laughs) Like they're terrible. So one of the things that makes me think of is, uh, I don't know if you, I'm kind of a history buff and uh, civil war kind of captured my imagination for, I don't probably a decade. Mm. And, uh, and I did a lot of reading about um, general Lee, uh, Robert E. Lee, who was a devout man of faith. And, and that's such a contradiction in my mind. How can you be a a devout man of faith, a Christ follower, and yet fight for uh, what I perceive as complete evil. You know, mm. uh, um, you have to categorize things. You have to you have to be able to somehow rationalize things. And we humans have the ability to fool ourselves yeah. so so hard. And uh, mm. and sometimes it's only in retrospect as you look back with regret uh, about mm. what you've done or, or or that kind of thing. Yeah. So what's some practical, what did you talk about being the practical takeaways to make sure that we're not deceiving ourselves in our heart, that we truly are trusting God, that we're doing these things um, Yeah. that, you know, call I mean, for a blessing? I mean, I think, um, yes, <laughs> the really practical, I think that it's not, it's not always a cure either because uh, I, what I would say is you you do your best to draw close to God daily. Well, Robert E. Lee was praying to God every day. Mm. Um, Yet he was still so far off base. That's so far off base. Yeah. You know, you surround yourselves with people who know you and know God. You see, when we when we walk in community with other Christ followers, 
uh, they can oftentimes see where we're fooling ourselves and they can point to it and say, you know, maybe you ought to rethink that or something like that. But there, but we can even tune that out and tone, you know, tone that out. Um, we have a way of, you can twist scripture. You can take it out of context and you can make it say anything you want it to say. You can argue anything hmm. from a scriptural point of view, anything. Hmm. Um, and so that's where context is, is so critical and, and a community of, of Christ followers who are also imperfect hmm. but are seeking uh, after Christ and can help you uh, navigate those deeper questions. Uh, but anyway, that's part of staying close to the water. I guess in the example yeah. here is you know staying cl- close to Christ and staying close to other Christ followers who are um, on the journey too. And so that was basically the takeaway. And to not not I talked I said the exact same thing and not to draw too much into the metaphor. But if you're planted by water, you know you you see an oasis in a desert. I was talking about how you drive out to Prescott. There's this one tiny you can tell it's a pond because there's like tons of trees yeah. in the middle of dry barren wheat field the trees are all next to each other uh-huh. and so if we're close to the stream if we're trying to be planted close to god then we'll be close to other christ followers and that's not to say we're not in the world because we are yeah uh, but our anchoring our roots the people we go to for support yeah are also ones that are close to god right you know too and that those are the people we can fight in uh the place that i think we get where it's easiest for us to deceive our hearts is the last part where it says for it does not cease to bear fruit um, oh. the fruit of, for example, cause we're just running with generally Lee, the fruit of his actions did not reflect the kingdom of God whatsoever. So yeah. we say, what is the kingdom of God? You know, it's freedom for the oppressed, you know, uh, healing for the sick. If, if we look at the verse in Luke four, which I should have memorized by now, but I don't, um, but it's, yeah, it's freedom for the captives, liberty for the oppressed, uh, sight to the blind, you know, the yeah. good news to the poor, um, he wasn't doing that at all. Like, and what is the fruit? What are the tangible things we can point to in our lives Mm -hmm. that show that we are, that God's water is flowing through us, that we are trees. Like what is the tangible fruit? Because shrubs don't have no fruit, right? What is our tangible fruit in our lives that Mm -hmm. point to the kingdom of God? Um, and I think you say shrubs don't have no fruit. Shrubs don't have fruit. Do they? No, I mean, just the way you said I'm like, shrubs don't <laughs> shrubs have no, don't fruit. Have no like, fruit. What does that mean? <laughs> shrubs don't have fruit. I think I'm I'm not talking properly, but anyway, shrubs don't have fruit. Trees have fruit. We're trees. You right. want to be trees. That's right. Um, no, that's and so great. I think that's the thing is constantly checking ourselves. What fruit am I bearing? And there's, there's two sort of fruits. There's actions and then the way you do actions, the fruits yeah. of the spirit, right? right? Love, joy, peace, patience, right. kindness. So right. we're supposed to be doing these things, proclaiming freedom, you know, to the captives, yeah. liberty to the oppressed. Right sight to the blind, good news to the poor. So we're supposed to do those things, and then we're supposed to do them in this way, love, joy, peace, with yeah. that kind of an attitude. And so if we're constantly checking ourselves with those two things, um, we got a lot of work to do. That's but great. that's, that's, that's going to really keep us good. honest. Thanks you know? for sharing that. That's, that is really great because um, oftentimes – we might even not even be aware of our own fruit too. I mean, mm. our lives might be bearing fruit and we might not even, might not even sense it or know it. Mm. But, um, yeah, it's good stuff. That's good stuff. It's great. Actually. I wish I had heard your sermon. Wow. How can we hear your sermon? Um, they are on the website on, yeah. on, on the skyrocketchurch.com. Sky, if you go to skyrocketchurch.com, they're recorded. 
So if you're uh, at Blue Mountain and you're like, okay, that's interesting. I want to hear JD's. Then you can just easily just slide over to the Skyrocket website, which is attached to the Blue Mountain website too. Yeah, we and link each other's website right. in the bottom right corner. You can go to Blue Mountain from Skyrocket yep. or Skyrocket from Blue Mountain. Yeah, very good. But yeah, wow. it's it was a good week, and we got sports camp this week, so a lot of fun stuff going on. Yeah, you it's know, gonna be crazy. It's gonna week. be a fun week. Coffee shop opening in Prescott. It's it's good stuff, you know, good stuff, and so. We need that holy water this week because it's going to be busy. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. All right. Well, hey, thanks for joining us for Monday Matters. And uh, Monday Matters. <laughs> we'll catch you next week.